The views and opinions expressed by individuals on the following program do not necessarily reflect those of the network, Guys Guy Radio, and its platforms. It's Guys Guy Radio. Here's your host, Robert Manny. Welcome to Guys Guys Radio. This is your host, Robert Manny, welcoming you to the show where men and women can be at their best and everyone wins. Guys Guys Radio, we're here to inform you, inspire you, empower you, and get you to think, feel, and who knows, maybe even act by virtue of the journeys, stories, experiences, and insights of the guests I bring you each and every week to the show. And once again, this week is no exception. Today, we're going to talk about awakening your psychic ability. And our special guest is a psychic counselor, Reiki master teacher, and author, Lisa Campion. She's been on the show a couple of times before. Her most recent book is The Art of Psychic Reiki, and she is a terrific uh, teacher and a terrific writer. The book is chock full of tips about interpreting dreams and omens, connecting with your ancestors, soulmates, and spirit guides, navigating your psychic ability and the development, and identifying areas of your life that need healing so you can work on yourself and cultivating what's called psychic self-defense to keep you safe while you're doing this work and opening yourself up. She's got meditations in the book, uh, uh, all about symbols, all about dreams, uh, guidance, how to receive guidance and identify ascended masters and angels. There's so much information in this book, uh, working with the elementals. It's just, it's really fun stuff and it's really useful. And she's got a map in there of the lower, middle, and upper realms. So if you have any interest in kind of doing some type of spiritual unfoldment work and opening up and building your psychic abilities, this book is very straight to the point. It's uh, easy to read. And I say that as, a, as, as praise because you don't want to go too deep down the rabbit hole. This is an overview on everything, working with pendulums, dowsing, meditation, dream interpretation, etc. And I think you'll find it, if you have an interest in this area, highly useful in your path of spiritual enfoldment and developing your psychic abilities. I know for myself, I've been doing this type of work for about 20 years, and the more you do it, it's like anything else. It's like playing golf or tennis or chess. It's practice makes perfect, and just little increments, you start to build, and you start to build, and you start to build. And I know it works, and it by it teaches you to be present and to be able to get those messages that are available for you that are out there. And it's up to us to make ourselves present and open so we can get this information. I'll tell you a quick story about how it's worked for me. The first time I had a real aha moment, I had done something in my 20s that I wasn't proud of, and I really, uh, I was guilty about it, and uh, I just felt bad about it. And I usually, I'm not usually like that at all, but something, I didn't think about it all the time, but every once in a while it came up and I had this underlying anxiety about it. And um, one time I was in a car, I was in the passenger seat and riding along, and this thought popped up about this particular issue. And it's not good to carry around this stuff. You want to let things go and you want to be present because carrying around stuff from the past, the baggage is not healthy. And we all make mistakes. So I'm sitting in a car and all of a sudden this car pulls up kind of next to us and then slowly moves ahead. And I look at the license plate and it says, forgiven. I'm right there. I was like, Bang, that is a sign to me. That was spirit speaking directly to me. And I was there and I was present and I was aware 
And whoever sees a license plate with that on it, and I took that as a direct message to me to kind of, you know what, let it go. You messed up and move on. There's nothing you can do about it. Move on. Everything's okay. And that's that. And from there on in, my practices got better and better. And I've added more and more, more and more over the years. I kept a dream journal. I use a pendulum. I do meditation. And it's, it's, as, it's as easy as getting started is as easy as go out for a walk in nature. Walk barefoot. Go to the beach. Go for a run. Quiet yourself down. At the end of the day, be thankful, full of gratitude. What am I thankful for today? Simple stuff like that. And I don't mean to be corny and sanctimonious, but that's important stuff because if we just take in all the noise that the media throws at us, we're not going to be very happy. So we've got a great show today, a great guest, Lisa Campion, back here at Guys Guys Radio. So let's get to it. It's Guys Guy Radio. Okay, Guys Guys Radio, it's the interview portion of our show that's shown uh, exclusively on YouTube and Rumble. Uh, of course, all of Guys Guys Radio is in our, on KCAA, our worldwide podcast, as well as UK Health Radio. And we have a very special guest today. Today, we're going to talk about how to kind of open up your psychic ability. You ask yourself, am I psychic? Am I intuitive? What is it? And really, everybody has some type of psychic abilities laid in there and it's a matter of how do we bring them out well i've got the perfect guest for us today her name is lisa campion she's been on the show a few times she's a wonderful person she does great work she's a reiki master teacher she's got more than 25 years of experience she's trained more than a thousand practitioners in this wonderful hands-on energy healing practice i am also a reiki master teacher i don't practice enough a lot of times I do it on myself, which is one of the cool things about Reiki. And now medical professionals are, are, are using it. And I had a Reiki treatment when I was in a hospital post-surgery a few years ago, and it makes a difference. So keep spreading the word out there about Reiki and ask for it if you ever have any surgery or anything, because it's usually available. Lisa is also author of the recent book called The Art of Psychic Reiki. She was on the show a year ago speaking about that. And she specializes in training emerging psychics, empaths, and healers so they can step into their gifts. And, you know, the world needs more and more healers. And her new book, I'm going to hold it up here for our YouTube and Rumble folks, Awakening Your Psychic Ability, A Practical Guide to Develop Your Intuition, Demystify the Spiritual World, and Open Your Psychic Senses. It's terrific. It's a kind of a 101 version of everything psychic. And I say that with due praise because sometimes we go down the rabbit hole and there's so much information. But for our lay people out there, including myself, who are just starting out and trying different practices, this is the perfect book for you to because it has explanations about everything psychic and how to get started and then how to grow. So welcome back to Guys Guys Radio, Lisa Campion. Thanks, Robert. It's so nice to um, to see you again and to be here with you today. Great. So let's just talk about the the from the beginning. What is everybody psychic? What's your perspective about that? Yeah, I think everybody's psychic. I think everyone's intuitive, and I make a little bit of a distinction between psychic and intuitive. Um, intuition's a, a lot more easy to access. So it's like what we feel, what we know, what we sense in our bodies about what's really true, um, and what's true for us. So we all have that. And psychic's a little different. Psychic's when we access information from outside of ourselves. And that's where things get a little, you know, harder to believe for some people. But that's maybe where we're getting information from from angels or spirit guides, from your your dead grandmother who's still hanging around trying to help you 
And yes, I believe everyone has those abilities. And like anything else, whether it's musical ability or athletic ability, we still have to work it. We still have to train it, practice it, pay attention to it. Like any skill, we can develop it. I think uh, for our audience who's not familiar with you yet, Lisa, they might want to know about your background and kind of how you got started because you had some psychic uh, experiences, if you will, as a child and um, then developed them over the years. So what happened with you? Well, I was really one of those like I see dead people kids, which was a bit hard. You know, I was born in the 60s and I grew up in the 60s, 70s and 80s just outside Boston. And, you know, back then there wasn't anything like this. There was no radio shows on this topic, no psychics on TV, no new age bookstores, no internet, right? So I was alone having all these intense experiences, seeing spirits and feeling things and seeing colors around people and knowing things that that there was no way I could know. And so it was quite hard for me. Like I, I spent a lot of time just trying to pretend to be normal in public and trying to figure out what was going on and what to do about it, how to turn it off, how to manage it. It was was really like a, a big deal for me. And um, and so finally I did, you know, I went to college in the 80s and that was kind of the dawn of the new age. And then I started getting training that where I worked in a new age bookstore. Um, I worked with a shaman, I got trained and that's actually when I started working as a psychic, I was 19. And I've uh, I've never done anything else. This has been my, my whole life, it, that in writing. But I feel very passionately, Robert, about helping other people who are going through spiritual openings like many of us are, maybe you take Reiki or yoga or you learn meditation. And I always say those are the three sort of gateway experiences that we all do that open us to our gifts, kind of wake up our latent psychic and intuitive abilities. And I feel strongly about helping other people that are going through an awakening because I didn't have that help. And I kind of had to thrash around and learn it painfully. Um, on my own, which, you know, you're wondering, like, am I going crazy? And, you know, I'm feeling overwhelmed. And what does all this mean? So I think it's really nice that these days there are resources. There are radio shows like yours. I wrote the book, I wish I could have found in the library. That's really what I did. You know, it's fantastic, because it's a it's general, but it's very to the point, And it defines things very clearly. So anybody who has a question about anything, whether it's spirit guides, intuition, pendulums, dowsing, um, people who have passed over a number, such number sequences, it, you've got it all there. So let's kind of start at the big be- at the beginning. Um, what was the misconception that people have about their own psychic ability? And what's a good way to, to test yourself out to say, okay, where am I on the scale, if you will, in terms of where I am psychically, if everybody has the potential so many people go through life and really don't realize that they have a lot more power, psychic power than they believe, and therefore it yeah. goes untapped. What's a good way for somebody to get started uh, and say, okay, how do I kind of measure myself in terms of where I am psychically? That's such a great question, Robert. So I think the misconceptions come from watching movies, paranormal, ghost hunting, movie, you know, paranormal TV shows. And in the media, portrayals of psychic are like the poor psychics like tortured by demons and hauntings and you know like it's a very extreme psychic experiences that that are don't look very much like fun um and i think the truth is it's really normal it's really much more normal everyday part of our experiences and i think one of the best things we can do is get a journal get a notebook i just get a 99 cent composition notebook and i start you know writing in there like if you have dreams write them in there if you have 
hits, intuitions, if you have like strong first impressions when you meet people, if you, you know, it's like our psychic experiences are so normal and folded into our daily life already that a lot of times people are like, what, that's psychic? I just thought everyone did that. Like, you know, when the phone rings and you know that, first of all, you know, it's going to ring. You're like, the phone's about to ring. And then, you know, it's your mother calling you or your wife calling you or, and you know, that's a psychic experience. How did you know that? You know, maybe it's that little voice in your head that tells you like not to take the highway today, to take the back road or that you're, you're in the market and you're like, you're out of milk, you should get some, you know, or that feeling we have in our gut when you meet somebody that tells you, gives you a, a warrant, like an instant like or dislike about that person. And your mind can argue, like our minds get in the way and argue a lot with our intuition and our psychic experiences. But I think that first step is collecting it all, writing it all down, because you'll, you will be amazed by how psychic you already are if you do that. Um, a good way to get started, I would think, and correct me if I'm wrong, Lisa, is um, to kind of declutter your mind. You, you alluded to the fact that we get a lot, there's a lot of noise out there. And yeah. we live in a noisy culture right now that's yeah. with social media, it's getting so noisy that it's really too much information for people to properly process. So yes. in order to tap those psychic abilities that may be latent in a lot of people, we've got to quiet things down. So I've got to think that one of the practices, obviously writing things down, but meditation, and a lot of people have trouble with that because of the what they call the monkey chatter and the, mm -hmm. the just so much noise going on. So how can people kind of get started in their practice so they can kind of clear things out? Well, you know, our most psychic experiences happen when our brain shifts into the alpha brainwave. And the alpha, like right now when we're talking, Robert, we're in the beta, which is like the wide awake, you know, conscious thinking mind. It's when we slip into the alpha brainwave where we're the most intuitive and the most creative and the most psychic. So I think spending more time in alpha activities, meditation is one of them, guided meditations, but it can be as simple as walking, doing yoga, washing the dishes, driving, walk, walking the dog, you know, pulling weeds in your garden. These sort of those quiet things, especially if you don't have the radio on, you know, you're just in a quiet space opens. We you're so right. We have to have that quiet space for something to come into. And then we have to pay attention. So one of my favorite um, exercises to give people who are starting out is to ask yourself a question that you want an answer to, write it down in your psychic journal, and then go take a shower. Take a take a nap, go weed the garden, you know, do something. That our brain goes into alpha when our hands are doing something repetitive and our mind is free to wander. And then, then you pay attention to how you feel, whether you have an insight, whether you have sort of an aha moment. Oftentimes alpha, um, and I'm sure you know this as a writer too, Robert, like you're puzzling something over and you're busy, busy writing, you can't solve the problem. And then you go, you go mow the lawn for a minute or you, and then boom, that answer to what you're puzzling over kicks into your mind. So Meditation is only one way to do that. And sometimes these other alpha activities are easier for us Westerners who are not used to meditating. No, that's a, that's a great answer. And you're so right. Uh, and for writers like ourselves, um, I remember when I was working on my novel, it has a complicated plot. I want to make it simplified and fun. And with almost every chapter, I'd have to go out. I did a lot of running at the time. And I'd go out in Central Park and I'd run and I'd get to a point where the the area of the book I was working on would deconstruct 
And then yeah. it would come together like a jigsaw puzzle that shifted was a different puzzle mm-hmm. and, and it came together. And invariably I solved every issue through running because I yeah. wasn't consciously focusing on, I've got to figure this out. I was a, per, creating space so the answers could come to me. And mm-hmm. I, I think when you mentioned, you know, go, you know, go take a shower or something, that doesn't mean that you're necessarily going to get the answer in the shower, but you've just, you've, you haven't drilled down. So you're, you're trying to control the situation and that answer may come to you. in I guess it could be a symbol. It could be a phrase. It could be something, but you need to be quiet enough. So you're aware that you get that information in. Could you elaborate on that, Lisa, and correct me if I'm wrong? You're totally right. You're totally right. And I loved your suggestion of we need to open to all of our psychic senses. So We all have like one or two psychic senses that are already really strong and knowing what those are is really helpful. So my guess about you is that you're probably, you probably have a really strong auditory psychic sense. You like the radio, you're a writer. Um, And that means that your, your psychic information is going to come kind of like words in your head. And in the beginning, it will feel a lot like you're, it's the voice you're, you think you're talking to yourself, you know, and we can start to make that distinction between our internal voice and the voice of our guidance that comes through in a different way. But some people are feelers, so they feel it all emotionally, or they, we don't know why we know, we just know. We just have that gut kind of knowing. Other people feel it in their body. I'm a visual psychic, so I'm more likely to see things. And for me, seeing things, it's like seeing a movie inside my head like you do when you're daydreaming or you know that kind of thing. Um, so we all have psychic senses that are already open. And when we drop into that quiet space, into those alpha activities, it's going to come through like when we're not trying. So trying is almost like turning it off, analyzing what's going on, trying to understand it before it's fully in, comes into sort of the right side of our brain, the creative side, the intuitive side, the side that deals with symbols, right? The symbolic brain rather than the analytical brain. So we have to kind of quiet the analytical brain and learn how to maybe feel a little more, feel our way through things. And that's where those both those creative and intuitive, there's a strong crossover between creativity and intuition. You know, So it's more like for many people to be more like an aha moment. Like we don't know why we know that, we just do. Got it. Okay, my special guest, a return guest to Guys Guys Radio, Lisa Campion. The new book is Awakening Your Psychic Ability. I think I love all her books. I think this is the best book yet because it's so um, it's it's so you can engage with it. You don't have to be studying Reiki or whatever. Every person can relate to this book, and it simplifies things in a really good way where you can kind of see where you are on your journey. You can tap into a lot of different areas. You get an understanding of all the terms about psychic abilities and how to how to grow them. So great job, Lisa. Um, let's talk a little bit about um, the spirit world, because a lot of people um, believe that there's other dimensions or there are other aspects to universal consciousness, and they believe they're maybe getting answers from people of past, or they may have angels or guides helping them, but they're not sure. How can people begin the practice of kind of reaching out and uh, tapping into the all those wonderful resources that are around us and are available but will not kind of step in unless we ask them. Yeah, I think we do have to ask them. And then I think we do have to open. Um, I feel like one of the best things we can do is use Oracle and divination cards. So let's say we want to, you want to talk to angels. Angels are hard to connect to. It's hard to hear them. They're so high frequency. 
but we can get a deck of angel cards, right? So then what you do is you ask the question and you pull the card. So divination tools, pendulums, dowsing rods, cards, runes, I Ching, there's like a, a bunch. You can go to any new age store and find a huge amount and they're really fun. They're really accessible. They really help us when we're in the beginning stage because they're sort of solid. We can hold on to them. And, you know, it moves from being like an ephemeral experience to like, did that really happen? <laughs> Maybe that happened to uh, it happened because here, here it is. I'm holding that, you know, and I love to help uh, my students learn by using a pendulum to confirm or deny. So let's say something walks through your room in the middle of the night. You wake up in the middle of the room, in the middle of the night, and you feel like something's in your room. And you're like, I think that's Uncle Fred. He just passed away. And the next, usually, so first of all, our first hit's usually right, right? But what happens then? Your mind kicks in. You're like, what if it isn't? What if it's something scary? What if I made it up? And we go down the rabbit hole of doubt. And that's when the pendulum can help. You can bring out your pendulum and was that Uncle Fred and get a yes, no instantly out of your pendulum? Of course, it's not infallible, but it is really good at providing instant confirmation, you know, and when we do that, we can confirm in the moment what we think might be true. It's really good, sort of like training wheels that can kind of help us stay solid and really learn how to believe. Let's continue on that because I think uh, you tapped into something there, and that is about how we ask. Because a lot of times people want definitive answers, and uh, it, it, you can get a yes, no. Because I use a pendulum every morning, and I had to train yeah. it. I found yep. one that worked for me. I asked yep. it. It was interesting because I asked. I said, "Give me a yes," and then give me a no. And yep. then I waited a day, and I came back and did it again, and it gave me just the opposite. And I don't know if it was goofing around with me or whatever. But I did it one more time the next day, and then it gave me the same thing, so I was comfortable. And what right. I I do I do a couple of things. One is uh, I'll say what would be what would be the result of my moving to Idaho or something like that. And if the pendulum goes in a clockwise direction, that's an that's a positive. And if it goes counterclockwise, that's negative. I don't really ask it yes no questions. What's your perspective on that? I think if you found something that works for you, that's fantastic. I think the pendulum is limited because it's in some ways, because it's very difficult to boil our complex human lives down into binary yes, no questions. So for me, like super small questions, is we can't ask a compound question, you know, like, was that Uncle Fred right. or was it something else? That's right. not going to work. You know, was it Uncle Fred or was it an angel? The pendulum doesn't know how to answer that. I also include, I don't know, as one of the options. So for me, yes is round and round. Knows back and forth, and I don't know. The pendulum stays still because sometimes pendulums don't know. Like you know, are the Patriots gonna win the Super Bowl this year? I doesn't know. I, I can we don't tell you know the answer to that one. <laughs> they, I know. Me too. It's such a hard break. Oh, but um, you know, we had our twenty years, so we're happy. But um, you know, but the, the the truth is, nobody knows the answer to that until like you know, two minutes into overtime, right? So. Right. We, we can't, there's some things the pendulum just doesn't know. And that, so adding that, I don't know, into the equation can be super helpful. And then, you know, being very specific people, 
sometimes, and I this happens for all divination tools, get excited about it. And then this we never want to lose our power to a divination tool. We don't want to give our power away or to our guides or at tarot cards or any kind of pendulum or anything like that. And you know you've got there when you're like asking your pendulum, you know, should you wear the red shirt or the blue shirt today? Or is it pizza or Chinese for dinner? Like we don't, we don't, we don't want to let go of our sovereignty. Um, and uh, we need to be the captain of our own of our own ships here. And these tools can be very good um, for helping us just gain confidence in what we're experiencing. And I think sometimes um, a more complex question, like, should I, what's it going to be like if I moved to Idaho? I would pull cards because we get much more shades of gray and different details and, and nuances in Oracle card decks than we do in sort of a black and white answer from a pendulum. You had, uh, we were talking, touched on dreams a little bit and um, some of the practices uh, I've, I tried over the years, I would, uh, or not tried, I actually did. I would, I had a pad, a composition book, and I kept it next to my bed and I still do. And if I have a very big dream, if you will, I'll wake up. And even if it's completely pitch black in the room, I will write down whatever it is. And sometimes I'll go three or four pages and then I put it down. And that helps me when I wake up then for the, in the morning to remember what that dream was. It kind of crystallizes it for me a little bit. And over the years, I've found that now I have gotten an ability through practice of getting a definition, if you will, or clarity. I'll give you an example. The other night I had this dream and and I pray before I go to bed about you know some type of protection. Can I get some information that might be helpful to me? And I had a dream and I was with uh, a friend of mine who passed and he was a former colleague and we were fighting with two other guys that I kind of knew, but it, I didn't know quite who sure who they are, or who they were in a dream, but we were fighting them and we were fighting, 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 physically fighting. And then my friend who had passed, he got up, but they were business people for sure. He got up and walked away. And I said, Jimmy, come on back here. You're leaving me with these two guys. And I kept fighting them. And then I I, I, I realized, why is he walking away? And then the dream shifted a little bit and I woke up and I got the words in my mind, stop fighting. And the message was to me to stop fighting with the world and stop fighting with people and just not be so combative about things. And everybody's different. It's part of my personality at times. And the point is, Lisa, it was so clear to me that in the past, I would scratch my head and said, I wonder what that was all about. But because over time, have just doing the practice sometimes can help crystallize things and simplify things. Does that make sense? Totally. It makes sense. And I feel like our spirit guides speak to us through our dreams. Our higher self speaks to us through our dreams. And sometimes our psyche, like our subconscious self speaks to us through our dreams too. So we can have really emotional dreams where, you know, you have anxiety dreams or you wake up crying or laughing. That is our subconscious trying to show us that we have some emotional stuff that we're not dealing with. And that, and it's our psyche trying to balance the equation sort of in, inside of our own self. And then we have like, you had prophetic dreams or message dreams. So that might've been a visitation from your friend who's now that he's on the other side is come back with a message for you. Like stop fighting, you know, like you can walk away from the fight. Let me show you how to do it. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, and yep. um, I didn't, I didn't then, even think that good. Yeah. yeah. And then he, and then he's leading the way or showing you how, what, it, how easy it is to do that. My feeling is that's a direct message from him 
you know, to to not, you know, not waste our our precious time fighting the wrong, the wrong fight. You know, if you're a fighter, Robert, being a spiritual warrior, you know, mm-hmm. um, is definitely what you already totally are. Um, is definitely where to put your fight, you know. But fighting fights with other people is a waste of your precious energy. You know, that's the feeling I I get from your friend. Uh, I agree with you completely, and thank you. Um, and thank you for letting me indulge uh, on that. Um, so how can people then? Because a lot of times we'll get some messaging, and initially, even when you're when you're meditating, when you're just starting, you say, "I got this," and you're not sure is that me? And you're right. I I hear a voice. Mm-hmm. Am I taught? And it's my voice. And I yeah. started at the beginning asking myself, is that me just telling myself what I want to hear? Or is that how spirit comes through me through my own voice? Because as you know, we all have spirit inside. And how can right. people then, how can our audience, our listeners and viewers kind of start to put into practice that filter to let them know, um, is this me you know, like jerking myself around or is it, am I actually getting information here? Right. I think the first thing, it's a great question. I think the first thing is to know is if you're triggered, it's it's not your spirit, guys. If you're triggered, if you're emotionally reactive, if you're angry or anxious and you're hearing that voice, that's you. Um, and the first time I recognized my, the, I was really young, I was in my 20s and I was having a fight with my boyfriend. And this voice cut across my consciousness and the voice said to me, he's right, you know. You should swallow your pride and just listen. And I was like, what? I was like, what? I was sure I was right, you know? And, and I, but I did. And for me now, still my inner voice is sort of loopy and neurotic. It's like, blah, 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 blah. It's going on its little track. And the voice of my guides cuts through that inner blarney that I have um, with a lot of authority and very direct. Like it's, it'll say like, sit down and be quiet and just listen. And I'm like, well, okay, you know? that that's what it's like for me. Um, it's a bit bossy. It's a bit direct. And it often says things that I wouldn't say, you know, um, that's how I can tell. And I think when we practice, we can learn, to, you know, some people really actually hear different sounds or different, the voice has a different quality. One of my students has a, her guide speak to her in rhyme. So she knows if she hears those rhyming, you know, couplets, then it's the, or even a different accent or a different sound to the voice. Just like when you're talking on the phone, you know, the voice of your friend or your, your, your wife or your partner, you don't have to ask who it is. You know that it's them, right? So we can sometimes go that way. But I think we, if we're triggered, it's not, and if it's bringing us truth or peace or clarity, then it's probably, and it could be the voice of your higher self too, which is also a fantastic guide. That's a great voice to listen to. Okay. Guys, guys, radio again, my special guest, Lisa Campion, the new book is awakening your psychic ability. And we're talking about that right now. Um, you mentioned, uh, something about uh, numbers and symbols. So what are some of the numbers that people can look out for? Because people get sequences of numbers. Sometimes you'll get a one, one, 11, 11. A lot of people get, Mm -hmm. um, I've been getting fours and I believe that's, that's a good one because it's angels are involved, but what should people look for in terms of the number sequences and and numbers that could numbers often come up as signs. And I, I really like teaching people how to recognize signs, omens, and synchronicities when we start opening our psychic ability and our, like, let's say your guides are sending you messages. 
They're going to also give you confirmation in the real world through things like signs, omens, and synchronicities. And numbers are one of the really common signs. There's two different kinds, really. I mean, there are numbers that are really personal to you. Like maybe you see, like, I might see like, 0925, that's my birthday or my dad's birthday. And I know when I see that number sequence of his birthday, then it's him and the message is coming from him. So sometimes we get birthdays, anniversaries. They're often coming from our loved ones that have crossed over. I know it's him because it's a, who, who would know his birthday, right? Um, angels often are the repeating numbers, the 111222444. And you can look it up on the internet. You can, um, there's numeral, numerological um, meanings to them and angel meanings to them, like the 1111. Lots of people see that and recognize that. That's the threshold. No, so you're standing at the gateway to something new when you start seeing that um, you're entering sort of a new era in your life, if you will. Um, and each of them have um, have different meanings. Like you said, 444, angels are with you. That's 100% true. So you can look them up. You can Google them. You can get books on you know angel numbers, what they all mean and what happens when you see them. But it is a really common and really beautiful symbol. It's so tangible. And I think these tangible things help us know that it's real. Okay, uh, let's shift gears a little bit. But to, to start your practice, you really also need to be mindful of some type of protection, whether it's like a protective bubble around yourself. I mean, when I go out in the car, I'm driving my family. I ask for divine gods, you know, protect, bubble of protection around us. If it's cold yeah. outside and with my son, a bike, whatever, bubble of warmth, bubble of cold, mm. if it's too hot, um, how, how can people kind of, put this into action as well as protect themselves from lower energies and entities. Because when you just open yourself up blindly, you can allow a lot of stuff in that you don't want to let right. in. Absolutely. Yeah. hundred percent. So we do need to have, and I always teach psychic self-defense when I teach psychic development for that reason, you know, the more sensitive we are, the more we need some good psychic self-defense. And for me, um, psychic self-defense is a lot like being street smart. If you know what to do and you have your wits about you, um, you're perfectly safe in opening psychically. I do love the bubble for protection. I do think that that's a great one. I do think prayer is really super helpful intention. So praying that you have, you know, bringing your angels in or your guides in and, you know, protect me, guide me, show me the way, put the bubble around you. I think we also need to like clear the energy. So the more sensitive and empathic we are to learning some clearing practices so when you come home, you know, from the big box store and you feel all funky, sage yourself or do some breathing to clear yourself of the energy that you picked up. That's another really important part um, of psychic self-defense. And then really, I think the most important thing is don't do like street smarts is you do the smart things and you don't do the dumb things. You know, you don't step me um, purposefully into danger. Don't use a Ouija board. Don't, you know, if you're going to do paranormal investigation, please be smart and know what you're doing. Get trained. Don't go alone. Don't take the abandoned, you know, the Ouija board to the abandoned mental hospital and, you know, on Halloween. Right. And, you know, right. <laughs> it's sort of the equivalent of like walking through a dangerous neighborhood at two o'clock in the morning in a little red dress with cash hanging out of your pocket. Like, you know, we don't, we don't do the dumb things and we stay street smart and then we're, I, you're fine. I found when I was uh, living in New York and through my uh, in my hypnosis training, uh, my teacher told me because I'm a, I sometimes pick up a lot of garbage from people and living in New York City and riding the subway yeah. for years, you're going to pick up a yeah. lot, a lot of stuff there. So 
when I felt somebody kind of glaring at me or whatever, I would put up this mirror that pointed mm -hmm. out towards the person and uh, would reflect everything back. So when you're getting somebody giving yeah. you some bad vibes, you, you're back, you're basically just sending it back to them and it yeah. works like a charm. It does. I, I call that return to sender. <laughs> um, and it's a really good one. You can imagine like that if you put, if you do your bubble, you're going to do the outside of your bubble, sort of like mirrored sunglasses, like you can see through, but people can't see in. And the mirror energy mirrors work really well. That's why feng shui practitioners use mirrors too. You can put a mirror on the uh, front door of your house, it, uh, looking out with a mirror facing out, which will repel. If you feel like someone's really cursing you or sending you a lot of bad, you know, bad mojo that can protect your whole household. So mirror energy is super powerful. Um, and it, you know, it sort of kicks in the, this universal law that the energy that we put out comes back to us three times. So if somebody's sending you a whammy, an energetic whammy, they're going to get it back. But we also don't need to absorb it. And having good boundaries is probably the number one thing we need to do for, for self-defense. When you learn good boundaries, it works with people and spirits and entities and any other thing. It, it's all the same thing. So once we learn how to do that, um, and I learned a lot how to do that by studying martial arts for a long time, you know, and I learned how to hold an energetic boundary, how to hold my power in a specific way that when I do that, people just don't mess with me and people and spirits don't mess with me because they feel everyone can feel whether you have a solid boundary around you or not. And it's the people that don't, that tend to get, have trouble. How, how can people keeping on that same topic? Um, sometimes we people suck our energy. There's energy vampire type folks out yeah. there. And sometimes we give it away. How can kind of we revoke that? How can we claim people can claim their energy back and yeah. send the energy that they don't want back to wherever it came from? Right. Well, you know, Reiki practitioners learn about cord cutting. You know, I wrote about a lot about that in my second book, which is called Energy Healing for, for Empaths. And we, you know, we talk about va energy vampires in that book and how people cord us, how they, and these cords are energetic. It's not like they're physically there, but there are lines of energy and connection that connect us. So doing cord cutting on a regular basis is a really good idea. You can learn how to do it yourself. You can work with a Reiki practitioner who can help you do it. And we know we have one when we start really perseverating over a particular person. Like you're, if you're having an argument with somebody in your mind, like, hours or days after the encounter, there's a cord there. If you're thinking about them, there's a cord there. If you're worrying about them, there's a cord. Um, and, you know, if you're like, if we're sort of codependent with somebody sometimes, or we have sort of dysfunctional or unhealthy relationship, there's a cord. And there's a lot we can do about, and cords we always go both ways. And we always have some complicity in creating them. Like people can't cord us without our permission, without us being a part of it. So it's just really good energy hygiene to make sure we're cleaning that stuff up on a regular basis. And there's, sometimes I think you can call on certain angels for that. I know when I uh, yeah. I sold a home, uh, relationship ended. I didn't I didn't like how the transaction went through. Though ultimately it went through okay. And I had a lot of I was heartbroken over everything. And I asked Archangel Michael to sever. I was taught this to sever yeah. that because he's got a big sword. And um, when I went through the practice, that was it. As simple yeah. as that, it was, it was over instantly. And I couldn't, I couldn't believe it, but it actually mm -hmm. hit work. So how, do you, 
uh, call upon angels to help you out, Lisa, in your yeah. practices and day to day? Absolutely. And Archangel Michael is the right one to call in that circumstance um, to help you um, with cords. And I think angels can help us with so many things. They're always around us. Everyone has a connection. I've never seen anyone that didn't have a bunch of angels hanging around. They're really here to help us evolve and they can't do it without our free will. So one thing I recommend you all do is before your feet hit the floor in the morning, ask your guides to help you. Even if you don't know what you need. I don't know what I need, but please assist me, guide me, help me find clarity, help me find courage, help me get through the day in, you know, with the optimum amount of joy or whatever it is you want to ask for. And then they can help. And every day that free will, so the universal law of free will kicks in every day. <clears throat> so I think that's a beautiful thing. And you, and not only your angels, but your other spirit guides, because there's many different types of guides can then assist us and help us along the way. Now they, they won't um, do your homework for you or clear your karma for you. They won't, you know, I think about them more like, remember that game show where you used to like be able to call, call call, you know, somebody for the answer, make your phone call for the answer. Right, right. Yeah. The, the lifeline, <laughs> yeah. right? That's right. Yeah. They're more like that. They're more like the lifeline. Um, we, we learn and evolve. We grow by having to, you know, we're, we'll figure things out by ourselves, right. And experience life for our own. So they won't take that away from you. Um, but they can assist. It can be that lifeline that you call when you need help. Um, and that's, and that, that's really you. So Learning to access this information can help us navigate through our tricky lives in a much more graceful way. Uh, the pineal gland you mentioned in the book, and I, so many people have heard the term, they're not sure what it is, is actually a physical gland that's inside of our brain, if you will. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's important that we do what we can to clear it out because we can tap into a lot of our psychic abilities. So talk yeah. to us about the pineal gland and some of the things it's it does and how we can maximize our our use of it if you will super it's super interesting little gland and it's right at the center of your brain on the top of your brain stem and right at the center between your two hemispheres and it it looks like a little pine cone which is why it's called the pineal gland and it is the third eye so it's such an interesting little thing it's actually full of optic nerves and it helps us with sleep regulation with it helps us like um feel the magnetic lines of energy and spec birds and beasts that migrate do that by sensing the line, magnetic lines of energy through the earth with their pineal gland. And it's, it's literally the third eye and it's, it's really inside your brain. So there's a lot of meditations you can do. Um, meditation opens the pineal gland doing psychedelic drugs, open the pineal gland. So it, pre, it produces DMT all by itself. And so when we meditate, it produces DMT and can give you like peak spiritual experiences with or without psychedelics. Um, and, and that's really what sort of the seat of our set where our psychic stuff starts. And there are things that you can do like fluorine, fluoride um, tend to, to block this. So there's some cleanses you can do to open it. There's some like, if you like music, there's the biurnal beats mm -hmm. um, that you can listen to that will open the pineal gland. They're um, sometimes gazing at things, gazing at um, Images, icons, or religious images, or yantras can um, help open the pineal gland. Um, and and then when we do, we just if, if so if you're a person that wants to have more visual psychic, then that's that's what you need so, to do. You need to open that one. So for how do people know that they 
pineal gland is is open or opening is it is it pop is it like a kundalini awakening how how does that work is it is it open in stages does it unfold different for everybody for some people it's like a slow unfolding and that's much more gentle in that case you're going to notice you dream more you you're able to visualize things more you remember your dreams more maybe you start seeing colors around people maybe you start seeing things moving in the shadows in the corner of your room a little bit you know um, maybe you see things with your eyes open or your eyes shut. Um, mostly when I see things, it's with my internal eye. I don't like seeing things with my real eyes. It's still a little creepy to me when that happens, but I'm seeing things with my internal eye, my psychic eye. Um, and sometimes I have to close my eyes to see with my psychic eye. Other people have a sudden psychic opening and that happens a lot these days. And it can be quite disconcerting. Um, I get a lot of people in my private practice who are like, oh my gosh, my psyche is suddenly open and I I'm, I'm feel like I'm going crazy and I don't know what to do. And it can be quite disorienting. It's not so much fun really when that happens, but it might happen if you have a near-death experience. If somebody close to you dies, if you um, do like, you know, yoga teacher training and suddenly you're doing, you know, eight hours of yoga and meditation a day. So intense spiritual practice. Um, or you you just go through a really serious life change, you know, um, profound life change. It can sometimes you can fall, you know, get a concussion and pop your psychic open, um, and it, and you it often needs managing. It often needs help. We need help learning how to manage that when that happens. Okay, uh, just a couple more questions. Uh, again, the name of the new book, and it's terrific, everybody. Awakening your psychic ability. My special guest Lisa Campion, who is now on the Shift Network. Um, I've got to think that your consumption is incredibly important with the hand in hand with your spiritual practices. So mm -hmm. uh, alcohol, drugs, uh, the yep. foods you eat, the yep. media you consume, because there's a lot mm -hmm. of low ener energy and a lot of low entity stuff that's out there. Could you talk to us a little bit about that, Lisa, some recommendations? I love that you brought that up, Robert. Such a great thing. So I find that people, when they go through a spiritual or psychic opening, really often are have to let go of or naturally want to let go of those heavier denser foods like you stop drinking alcohol you stop eating processed food and um those things are very dense and hold us down um so living what we want to do is sort of live the cleanest life we can you know we want to spend time meditating we want to clean up our diet we want to breathe a lot of fresh air get some exercise get some good sleep and this lifts our vibration when we eat clean, like letting go of violent TV or media. Um, and that upshifts us. When we upshift, all of our, our abilities open. And spiritual teachers have told me um, many times over, and I believe it, that psychic ability is a byproduct of spiritual development. So when you engage in a spiritual practice, our, it's it just happens, you know, sometimes healing ability happens out naturally and psychic ability happens naturally. And many spiritual teachers will say psychic development isn't worth doing on its own without, without the other developmental things that were, you know, spiritual and psychic development. So, um, and I do think you're in for a really rough road if you open your psychic and you don't clean up because mm -hmm. you're gonna, especially drugs, drug and alcohol, heavy drinking addictions, are very attractive to entities. So you get somebody who's really psychic and really a heavy uh, drinker or drug user are going to that's not a good recipe. You're going to they're going to be surrounded by spirits that don't maybe have their best interests at heart. 
Got it. Okay. So, folks, if you want a practical guide to develop your intuition, demystify the spiritual world and open your psychic senses, I've got the book for you by my special guest, Lisa Campion, Awakening Your Psychic Ability. Terrific work, Lisa. As always, I'm glad to know you. I'm glad you're a friend. I'm, I love the work you're doing, and I, I, you're always welcome here on Guys Guys Radio. Where can people find out more about you and pick up your new book? Thanks, Robert. Um, you can visit me at my um, website, lisacampion.com. I have a lot of free resources for people that are opening for empaths, psychics, and, and healers. Lots, lots to do there on my website, so I hope you drop by and visit. Great. All right. Thanks so much, Lisa. Great to see you. Thanks, Robert. It's Guy's Guy Radio. Okay, I really enjoyed that conversation with Lisa Campion. She's such a terrific teacher, terrific person, and she's a great writer because her book has so much information in it, and it is very, very accessible about working with your guides, how guides uh, work in our lives, um, about tips for your how to identify your power animal, how to pull cards from angel decks, how to uh, meditate, and how to really develop your psychic powers, because we all have them. It's just a matter of, can we find the time, and do we take the time to develop them? And what did we learn today? I think we learned just that. We have to find the time every day to do a little bit to help enhance our intuitive and psychic powers. There is a difference there, as Lisa articulated, but to develop our psychic powers so we can be there to get information and use that information that we get to live our best lives. The Guys Guys Radio, we're here every Wednesday evening at 8 p.m. Pacific time on KCAA Radio in sunny Southern California. The show rebroadcasts every Sunday at 6 p.m. Pacific time, also on KCAA in Southern California, 106.5 FM, 1050 AM. They have all types of streaming stuff in their own, I think they have their, I'm not sure if they have their own YouTube yet, but podcast and streaming. And so you can listen to the show live, you can download and you can uh, stream it. So Guys Guys Radio, we're there on KCAA every week, twice in prime time. The podcast, YouTube and Rumble post worldwide every Thursday. We're on every major podcast platform. Um, We're downloaded in over 100 countries. And people listen to us everywhere. The YouTube is growing like crazy. Thank you for your support, as well as our Rumble. And we're on UK Health Radio, the world's largest health talk radio platform in the world. It's a digital radio station, so you can listen online whenever you want. There's always different presenters, always different guests, always different information being presented there. Our show, Guys Guys Radio, is featured four times all weekend long on Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. So you have no excuse not to be able to find Guys Guys Radio, or as we like to call it, Guys Guys TV, the YouTube and Rumble versions. And I would ask you if you enjoy the content and guests I bring you each and every week to the show, please support us by very simply just follow, subscribe to the YouTube, rate, review, whatever. And wherever you consume your content and wherever you consume Guys Guys Radio, Guys Guys TV, Please give us a shout out, support us there because it means so much. You can also catch me frequently. I'm a regular guest on a YouTube show called Second Act TV. My buddy Silka Schwarzkopf hosts it. It's really about dating and relationships over 50. It's a lot of fun. 
And I think I've gotten like a million views on there. So we're really doing fun stuff and it keeps growing and growing and we've got great chemistry. So you might want to check out Silka's show and subscribe there. She's got a lot of subscribers and we have a lot of fun there and I'm there very frequently. So Second Act TV, but most importantly, Guys Guys Radio, Guys Guys TV. You can also catch me on my website, robertmanni.com. I've got over 300 blog posts about life, love, the pursuit of happiness there for you for free and also you can download three free chapters of my novel the guys guys guy to love which is all about two guys in advertising competing for love sex power and money in new york city it is a sexy romp through the high stakes fast moving world of madison avenue it's a lot of fun it's fast it's frothy it's sexy and it's been called the male successor to sex in the city so check it out it's on Amazon, wherever else you pick up your books, you can get a physical copy or a digital copy. And again, three free chapters there. One other thing, I'm also now writing for UK Health Radio has a digital health magazine. It's called Health Triangle Magazine. I'm a featured writer there. I've done four columns about aging uh, because I'm a boomer and I do everything I can to take care of myself. One, because I want to live. And secondly, because I have a nine-year-old son. And I want to stay vital and active with him. So check me out there on Health Triangle Magazine. So we're here every week for you, bringing you over 750 guests, over 560 shows we've done. And we've got a lot more lined up. And we bring in cool people, thought leaders who have something to say, something to offer from all different areas of life. I hope you enjoy it and you'll support us. I want to thank all those 750 people I've interviewed and gotten to know and learned from. I want to thank Chris my wonderful producer who always has my back, and Ryan, my strategy lead. And most of all, I want to thank you, my wonderful growing audience here on Guys Guys Radio. I'm going to see you next week. And until then, like I always like to say, guys, guys, finish first.